Urban Lorna, Chapter 1, in which Lorna is born into the Huber family of Chocolat, New York, begins. My grandmother, Lorna Huber, was born in Chocolat, New York, 50 miles or so northwest of Albany, in the valley of the Watsit River, a tributary of the Mohawk. The name of the town has a curious etymology. The first English settlers arrived around 1680, some 50 years after William Outred developed the first calculating instrument that could be called a slide rule. These settlers knew the Mohawk name for the place, which meant loosely, place where many fur-bearing animals can be taken but the land is really too steeply sloped to allow one to make a proper camp. However, since the settlers couldn't pronounce the Mohawk name correctly and were in the English manner disinclined to learn to do so, when they were asked where they hailed from, they made a bit of comic business out of struggling to pronounce the name, delivering three or four mispronunciations, and then shrugging and saying, oh, what you may call it. The term, what you may call it, was, by the middle of the 17th century, already well established in English as a humorous substitute for anything the name of which a speaker had forgotten, couldn't pronounce, had never known, or didn't consider worth learning. The Oxford English Dictionary, in the entry for what you call them, lists what you may call it as a variant. And cited there, we find Chapman writing as early as 1598, why he's a what you call it. In 1600, we find Shakespeare himself writing in As You Like It, good even, Mr. What You Call. Apparently, Human nature and the techniques of comedy were a little different in those days from what they are now, because the citizen of what you may call it, having raised a laugh by lampooning the name of the town, added what is known to stand-up comics as the topper. After a suitable pause, the citizen would add, it's on the bank of the Watsit River, and presumably have his listener in stitches. In time, the town became widely known as what you may call it. And then, through clipping and a lesion, what you may call it, what you may call it, what you call it, and finally, you call it. Similarly, the river came to be called the What's It. The first tubers in America. Kurt Huber and his 16-year-old bride, Inga, arrived in the Watsit Valley from Germany in 1730, at just about the time when the first members of the Studebaker family were settling in Pennsylvania. In Germany, the Hubers had been farmers. History does not record what reasons Kurt Huber had for choosing to call it, but 
to judge from the poor soil and steep slopes. He certainly can't have intended to farm there. At the time, fur trapping was really the only industry, but Kurt seems to have worked as a road builder. A History of Chocolate, published in 1866, says of Kurt, quote, it is to him that the town is indebted for some of its handsomest streets. That history also says, quote, he was a bold, fearless man who refused to remove to the fort where the other settlers fled on account of the Indians. Inge was known for her caustic wit and dark beauty. An admiring but wary diarist of the time marveled in a sketch of Inge that, quote, so sharp a tongue should lurk behind such plump, alluring lips. Kurt Huber died just two months before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Following his death, many objects of value that had been presumed stolen by Indians during raids were discovered among his road-building tools and supplies. And as a result, Inga and her 11 children lived under a cloud for the rest of their days. Throughout the 19th century, the manufacture of gentlemen's furnishings, which had begun in Chocolat on a very small scale, as little more than a cottage industry, a way for families to supplement their incomes when fur trapping was off, grew steadily in economic importance. And thanks to it, the town grew and prospered. For generations, the Hoobers of Chocolate strove to efface the memory of their infamous ancestor Kurt by establishing themselves as a family of unremarkable drudges, wholly devoted to the stolid, uncomplaining performance of dull work. The gentlemen's furnishings industry offered numerous opportunities for work of that type, and as the industry expanded, the Hoobers filled more and more of the positions in the undistinguished middle of its workforce. Now and then, Inga's genes produced an impish, quick-witted beauty, or Kurtz produced a rogue, but most of these were, for the greater good of the family, suppressed or sent away, and the Hoobers trudged along at the soft center of Chocolate's success. <laughs>